right, welcome to What Would You Say You Do Here? This is Season 2, Episode 7. I'm Aaron Zerlip. And I'm Katie Sally. And today we're going to talk about, I think, something that everyone uh, can relate to, how to use messaging tools like Slack or Microsoft Teams. Without going insane. Exactly. (laughs) We know this is really critical to a PM's role because a large part of our responsibilities is staying in constant communication with stakeholders and team members. And, you know, while we're working remote right now, there's even more pressure than ever to stay connected with every single person that you work with. But, you know, I think this constant connectedness really comes at a cost. Uh, That is your attention is now at the mercy of every single person in your company who wants to ask you a question tell you something important, or just send you the latest dancing hot dog gif. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about how can we better use these communication tools to effectively communicate while also drawing boundaries between our focus time and the rest of our day, and hopefully set some boundaries between working hours and the rest of your lives. And I think this is probably something that everyone can relate to right now. We're, We're all working from home, and even if your job isn't isn't as much based around communication as a product manager's, then I think everyone is feeling that communication is even more essential right now when we're all in separate locations. So I imagine this probably will resonate with a lot of people. Definitely. Yeah. So we thought this would be a good topic that anyone could benefit from today. So uh, we thought we'd do a little poll before the episode uh, and within our LinkedIn networks and see what kind of tips people had for, you know, managing Slack fatigue. And turns out... How many answers did we no. to that, Aaron? <laughs> we got a whopping zero responses. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of likes and thumbs up and, uh, and whatnot, but uh, no one seems to have any good tips. No tips. So uh, we started, you know, looking at, you know, different uh, articles and blogs and recommendations and just talking to other people uh, about what they've done to to kind of manage the noise and create uh, some of these boundaries. And, you know, after working through them and actually sampling some of them ourselves, we think we have a pretty good list of things to do and and not to do. So... Aaron and I both use Slack at our organizations and have used it in in past organizations. But I think these tips work for anyone using any kind of messaging tool. Um, And and I think that the big thing is that messaging has replaced email for the majority of internal communications. And now with Slack integrating with other organizations, Slack, it's even replacing a lot of communication externally as well. So it's just constant noise all the time, and it's mandatory. You have to use it. I've had this conversation with a few people uh, that I know, either either my organization or others, where they just don't want to use it, and unfortunately, there's no way out. You've got to use it because that's the tool that the company has chosen. Yeah, and uh, with the introduction of the new Slack workspaces where you can connect with people outside your organization, uh, it's you, you're not, it's not even limited to, you know, your coworkers. Yeah. It's now your customers and your clients and your partners who are able to reach you this way. So excited about that move. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do really appreciate it when I have a problem and I can reach an organization really, really quickly via Slack. Uh, but it is, it is very difficult having to be kind of on all the time. 
Exactly. So let's talk about the pros for Slack to start with. Um, it's really easy to use and, you know, Slack or any kind of messaging tool, it's, it's fast. You know that people are going to see whatever you send them. It's not going to get lost in a big pile of email. And I think that that's a, that's a huge pro. Yeah, it's, it's great because it's more of a synchronous communication tool. You can get uh, a lot more kind of instant responses and answers to questions um, but yeah, yeah, like Katie said, that, that comes at a cost because people are going to expect the same of you, whether you're in a meeting or not. Um, so, uh, there's definitely that sense that you need to be always on, uh, always responding to people, uh, always reading the latest message or, 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 the, you know, whichever topic has, uh, a mention of you. So we'll talk about some ways that you could manage that. So it doesn't become a constant distraction in your life. Also really nice because it is a less formal medium. So you don't need to necessarily take the same time to create your, you know, prose and, and write out a long, you know, a lengthy message. I've actually even stopped. I don't even capitalize my, my, like the first words of my sentences oh my. anyway. I don't uh, know how people feel about that, but oh, I stopped I doing it. I don't feel good about that at all, Aaron. <laughs> I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> There's got to be a line. You've crossed the line. There's no line anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, the the less formal thing is, it, that's a really good point because I think that it does lead to feeling a little bit more normal in terms of communication, especially now while everyone's remote. When you're talking to someone, you speak less formally than you do if you're e- emailing them. And, and messaging systems, um, especially Slack, can kind of bridge that gap where you can actually feel like you're more like you're talking to somebody rather than just sending off a message and they read it or not. It's more like a conversation. Yeah. So I like that about it. And I think it's good to have guidelines within your team or your organization around what the expectations are. Uh, If it is expected to be synchronous or as soon as possible, uh, you know, do make an effort to like read the important things and respond to them, or at least acknowledge them to let them know, you know, I've seen your thing, uh, I'm working on it, there might be some follow up, I don't have an answer for you now. I find that 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 goes a long way just to preventing people from getting frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what about the cons? There couldn't possibly be cons to a tool that could reach you at any point at any time of the day, no matter where you are. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I would say certainly having mobile access uh, to you um, is is something that blurs the boundaries between uh, work and life. And if you are one of those people like me who seeks some balance between the two, uh, it is really helpful to <laughs> not cave into the instant messaging and pings that might happen yeah. any hour yeah. of the day. That's hard to do, though. You can, I don't know, I don't know if everyone feels this way, but personally, I hate that little message indicator. It's the the one that's either at the top of the um, favicon if you're on a browser or uh, the notification on your desktop, whichever way you use it. I have to look at it if it's going off. I have to check and see what the message says just to see if it's something important. Um, and that's that's something that's been very, very difficult for me when we started working from home because the number of messages, which are already just about at the limit of what I could handle, suddenly went way over that. 
Uh, so I had to learn a whole new way to communicate on Slack because it was just, it was too much. And I would have done nothing else all day, but look at Slack if I had kept that need to check it every single time there, there was a new message. I'm pretty sure there are some people who spend the entire workday just communicating oh, sure. Slack and not doing much <laughs> for else. Sure. You know, there are still days when that is what I do. It's usually when there's a fire being put out and I really do have to coordinate communication and stuff like that. But you can't do that and do your job if you're doing it every day. Exactly. Some of the other drawbacks of these types of tools are that it's really hard to organize information that way. Sure, you can maybe pin something to a channel, but who's ever looking for that, right? Yeah, you have to think of the, the information that comes through Slack as temporary. It's it's got it's got a shelf life. You know, if it's more than a day or two old, people aren't going to see it, especially if it's in a busy channel or you know a busy uh, if, if it's someone that you talk to frequently. They have to scroll back a long way, or if they have to, heaven forbid, use the search tool in Slack you're out of luck. That information is just gone forever. Yeah. And there's often the urge, I think, to communicate through, uh, you know, DMs with like groups of people. And that's tough then to like find that information later or then Mm -hmm. to share that with other people outside that group. Um, So I guess we will talk about that in our tips later, but, uh, you know, definitely resist the urge to DM people unless it's something private that you, you don't want to be found. By um, but yeah. And, and DMs also can make you feel like you've passed the information on, you know, have no longer, you no longer have any responsibility for it. So if you need to update uh, a, a particular team member about something and you slack it to them, then you feel like you're done. But in reality, you don't know when they've gotten that message. So did they get it during lunch? Did they get it on their day off? And then they got 80 other messages and now it's lost in the shuffle. Uh, so you have, to, you have to be pretty careful about so that as well. Given that, you know, there are some great benefits of this tool, but also some some drawbacks, we put together a list of things that we really think would help make this tool more effective uh, and also some things you should definitely avoid doing unless you want to drive your coworkers insane. All right. So on the very top of our do this list is stay organized. And I can, I can hear it now. People are rolling their eyes. People are saying, no, you can't, you can't organize Slack. Well, you can, well, you sort of can, you can make it better. How do you organize Slack, Katie? I think the biggest one is making sure that you have channels for the discussions that you have regularly. So team channels are important, but also if you're working on a particular project, move that project into a channel, even if it's only a temporary channel. That way people know where to go to find information about that particular topic. So they're not having to scroll through people saying, oh, I'm going to be away from my keyboard for an hour while I go get a haircut to find information about the project you're working on. They can go right to the channel and find exactly what they need. Yeah, that's something we uh, are doing at my company. We have a a Slack channel that's public for every single project. And uh, our project names are usually widely publicized. So you can always find uh, that project uh, channel. And that's the... And you know that that channel is the place to go to find information or discussions or people who know uh, answers to any questions you might have around that particular project. I think you hit on another thing too, and that's keep channels public as often as possible so that you're not 
hiding information that people need outside of a particular team. Um, if you have a private channel, there's the, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say there. Yeah. Keep it, keep it public as, as much as you can so that everyone can either, even if you don't want them to join in the discussion, they can at least read the channel and get the information that they need. Exactly. Uh, unless of course it's like a team channel where you're just shit posting sure, yeah. all day. Uh, you know, you can keep those private. <laughs> uh, see the aforementioned, I will be gone for an hour to get my haircut. Not everyone really wants that information. So that's okay to keep in a private channel. Um, notifications are really important. Uh, and and you, there, there's a lot of settings within Slack that can uh, make notifications uh, more useful to you. Um, and if you don't configure them properly, they could also drive you mad. Absolutely. For me, I there are channels I like to be in, which I mute. And I, I will only check them if I get a mention. Yeah, and that's a that's a setting that you can set up. I, I think a lot of people don't know that. I'll, I'll hear people complaining about all the different Slack channels, you know, and they're so noisy. We'll just go in and mute them. You can set it so that if your name gets mentioned or someone at mentions you, then it'll it'll notify you anyway, even though it's muted. You don't have to completely cut yourself off from those. Or if there are channels like we have a random channel um, at my office and it, and it is the shitpost channel for lack of a better word, but it's also like, you know, weather updates and, and things that are interesting, but maybe not necessarily pertaining to the company or the work. And uh, I mute that one quite frequently and I'll just go in and read up on it, you know, on my lunch break or something like that if I need to, to decompress from work, but I don't need to have it notify me when there's a new post in there. Exactly. And that's another uh, thing I want to touch on about the configuring the notification settings. I also like setting like keywords. So any keywords that oh, are yeah. like around my product area uh, or maybe a project name, uh, I'll make sure that I get notified if those get mentioned in the channel. So, and you got to make sure that you craft them in a way that it just doesn't generate a bunch of noise. Those are really important. Those have definitely saved me before. You know, if we have a, a really noisy channel, maybe it's the support channel and just absolutely everyone is posting in there all different kinds of things, but I have a keyword for my product, then I know when someone's asking a question about it, I can go in and answer it, or I can at least go in and make sure that it did get answered and and not have to read it. So it's like having someone read your Slack for you. It's very helpful. Absolutely. And we mentioned status. I think it's really important to use the Slack status. If you are out of office, uh, like for the day, for a week, definitely let people know um, in your status. And uh, if you're temporarily unavailable, uh, like you have a doctor's appointment, it's also helpful to let people know because then it just sets the right expectations around when you might be available to like, get back to folks. I think it helps too if you're the personality type where you feel bad not getting back to somebody immediately, having that status on there is letting them know that you're not going to be able to do that. So it helps your personal feeling about it as well as letting them know when they can expect a response. Yeah. It's also really good to know that you can set work hours um, so that you can pause notifications outside of those work hours. And then a person has to like explicitly say, yeah, I want to bother this person outside of the, the their working hours. And then, you know, it's either really important or they're a big ass. Yeah. Okay. So if you are like me and that little red notification flag drives you nuts, um, the thing that I've learned very recently is that you can actually set a reminder. So I can go in and read my message. And if I'm doing something else, 
I have analyzed the message. I realize that it is important, but not urgent. I can set a reminder for an hour, a day, a week, whatever it is to come back and and respond to it or handle whatever it is that it was asking me to do. Yeah. Uh, reminders about messages are really useful. I use them all the time. They'll come through like as a Slack bot you know, reminder. So you got to remember to check the Slack bot messages. Um, it's also yeah, good don't, to- don't meet Slack bot for sure. <laughs> yeah, that might be a problem. Um, it's also really good to set reminders and channels. Like if people, if you want to remind people to, hey, update your Jira tickets uh, 10 minutes before stand up so that it's accurate. Uh, that's also a good way to to do it. So I set I set reminders like that um, for periodic kind of updates to people. Yeah, those are really good. All right. Well, what about stuff you shouldn't do? This is a longer list than that previous <laughs> it one. It really is. It's like twice as long. Um, Slack is not a document repository, yes. uh, nor is it where you should be referring people to understand product requirements. That goes back to the Slack is temporary thing that we spoke about earlier. Information does not stay in Slack very long. It doesn't stay top of mind very long. It disappears when you have people in a very busy channel. That information is going to be, you know, many, many scrolls up to the top. You're going to have to spend a lot of time to find it. And the search function, if you are using Slack specifically, is not good. It's just not. (laughs) Remember, it's not a document. It's not a wiki. And if you tell me to go find something in Slack, I will strangle you. I don't think anyone would convict you of that. (laughs) All right. Slack faux pas. So this is something I do sometimes, and only in certain settings, but... Otherwise, would not recommend doing it in general. Uh, don't ask questions or don't ask the same question in like, don't ask the same question in multiple channels, especially if those channels have a lot of overlap of who's in there. You'll realize people will just kind of get annoyed that you're sending people on errands uh, or multiple people on errands. And, yeah. and if, you, if you are going to do that. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, because yeah, as the person who is answering that if I spend a lot of time crafting an answer and then I realize you've asked the same channel, the same question in a different channel and someone else did the same thing that I've just done, then you've wasted two people's time when you could have just asked one person and gotten the answer. I think if you are going to do it, then you at least need to post it in one channel and then post a link to that thread in the other channels. So everybody can come back to the original and put their answers there. Yeah, we found that that's a pretty good practice. So people can follow up and see whether or not your question's already been addressed. This in, this one is my absolute biggest pet peeve when it comes to notifications. Do not use the at channel unless the building is on fire. And you should use at here very sparingly. I found a lot of people don't actually know the difference between at here and at channel when it comes to Slack. So what is the difference? At here will actually notify anyone who is logged into Slack. At channel will notify anyone who's in belongs to the channel, whether they're logged in or on do not disturb or what. So if it's after their business hours and they're at home with their family, at channel is going to notify them. So don't use it unless it is an actual emergency. If you really need to let everyone who's in a channel know something, use at here. 
then people who have purposely turned their Slack off are not being notified. And ad here should be used sparingly anyway. Don't use it in a channel that's got like 100 people in it. There's almost never a reason to do that. Yeah. My, my rule of thumb is like if there's more than 20 people in the channel, I'm not going to at here. Yeah. Also, unless it's a team channel that a bunch of random people have joined, in which case, if you at here, then they've joined it at their own risk. So. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, if you're in another team's channel and they at here, don't get annoyed if something doesn't pertain to you. You're the one who's in the channel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that whole at here thing, that that really applies to the big channels that are, are shared across the company. At here away if it's a team channel. <laughs> uh, I think this one also bothers you a lot, uh, Katie, uh, is having to read every single unread message. Yes, it's a compulsion, and I've worked very hard to get over it. It doesn't bother me if I have like 30 uh, unread messages. No. And- How do you look yeah. like that? What does your <laughs> inbox look like? Do you do that with emails too? Oh, I'm, I'm not an inbox zero at all. I'm like, <gasps> I just search. I, I actually. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be the end of the podcast. I don't know if I can continue working with Aaron. Do you want to know what my current message, unread message count is? <laughs> In my personal, this is just my personal email, which granted is like over a decade old. I have 15,000 unread messages. <laughs> How do you? Oh, oh, that's giving me, that's stressing me out. It's called search, it. Katie. It's called search. <laughs> that's the future. Google figured it out. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, I am definitely an inbox zero person. If it gets over like 20, then I'm starting to get stressed out. No, I for me, I, I star things. So I, I'll star important uh Mm-hmm. emails and in the same way I'll um I'll like I'll pin important messages that I need to respond to or at least set a reminder to myself to follow yeah. up on them um but otherwise I just know that a lot of the unread ones are generally just noise and I try to ignore them yeah so during the pandemic I've definitely had to figure out how to be okay with leaving slacks uh unread but I've only gotten that down to channels I can't do it with dms yet <laughs> so if it's a channel notification, I can leave it unread at least, you know, until I finish what I'm doing, finish my meeting, finish my day, whatever it is. But if it's a DM, I'm pretty much reading it right away. Yeah. If it's like a one to one DM, uh, I will check it yeah. as soon as I can, um, depending on who it is. Like I, based on who the person is, I might, I can infer whether it's like an actual important message or not. Um, and I try my best to like respond in a timely manner to those. Uh, it's also good not to check in the middle of meetings. Um, That's a bad habit. I'm, I, I think everyone is guilty of that one. I really do. But it does make the meeting less effective. It makes it so that you're not paying attention as closely as you could. And you know what? If it's if it's something that's that urgent, that really is, you know, earth shattering. Um, you know, something is actually on fire or, you know, there's the, the app is down or something like that, then someone will find a way to contact you. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to obviously to enforce this when everyone's working remotely, but I, I miss the days of having meetings where we had like a no laptop policy, yeah. like everyone focused and give me your full attention. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, no one is doing that right now. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Um, on, on that same topic of like resisting the urge to check messages, uh, I think it's really helpful to uh, set times of the day where I don't check Slack. 
And I will actually, I'll, I'll block that on the, usually I'll block it on my calendar mm-hmm. as focus time, do not schedule, something like that. Um, and then I'll, I'll probably put a message in Slack saying I'm heads down from, you know, from 9am to 11am. I won't respond to you during that time. And I can, you know, I'll go as far as to put on the, you know, pause notifications. And I find that that's the only way I can like really do focus work without distractions. So if you, if you can't resist the urge, um, do that. You can even go to the extreme and close it down altogether. That's that's a stressful thought. I don't, I don't like that a try. (laughs) Uh, I, I was telling Katie, uh, there was one time where Slack had updated and some for some reason didn't like log back in. And I didn't realize this until like midway through the afternoon. And I was thinking, wow, like today has been like my most productive day ever. I got so much done. What happened? And then I realized, <laughs> oh, my Slack had been closed all day, which is a sign that maybe it's not a productivity Definitely tool. Definitely not a productivity tool. It is a communication tool. <laughs> So if you're the kind of person who's easily distracted by it, don't be afraid to turn it off, set yourself to do not disturb, whatever you have to do to be able to focus. Because in this day and age, we have so many distractions from pings and tweets and dings. Like it, you really have to make an effort to be able to focus. Um, And then I think the the last one here is, uh, this is kind of a, this is a really good idea. Stay out of DMs whenever possible. Put if you're if you're asking someone a question, if you're providing information, which let's face it, that's you know the majority of the use of Slack. Uh, put it in a public channel. If it's information that you think even remotely possible that someone else would care about, put it in a public channel. Ask in a team channel. Ask in a you know dedicated project channel, so that other people can either chime in if the person that you're asking is busy. And also so that everyone else can see the answer. This is going to cut back on the number of times that you have to ask the same question or that the person that you're asking has to answer the same question. Because the more people who know information, the easier it is to, the more people who know that information, the fewer questions you're going to get about it. Definitely. So, yeah, I've, I, I have some coworkers who I think just by default, like will DM me with questions and whenever it's like the answer is something that I know other people will benefit from, I'll say, hey, let's take this to the channel. And we just move the question to the channel. I might repost their question just so people have the context. Uh, but that's that's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm definitely guilty of this one. I think probably everyone is. Sometimes it's just easier to go right to the person that you know is going to know the answer and just get a quick answer because you know that they're going to check their DMs. But it's not really fair to anybody to do that because you're you're taking their time away from what they're doing and you're depriving other people of being able to read and understand that answer as well. Going back to a tip of things to do in terms of organization, because I forgot to mention this. I really like using the channel topics uh, and I will, depending on what the channel is, if it's like a, an informational channel, like ask my team, uh, you know, you might put some guidelines in the channel topic around like, what are the reasons they should be asking a question or like what sort of topics should they be at? Should they be asking in that channel or maybe even refer them to the correct channel 
if you frequently get people asking about other things that are better answered elsewhere. That's a great idea. That that helps everyone stay organized. And it also helps that whole information is temporary on Slack thing, because if you keep discussions, if you keep discussions within the channel of the topic of the channel, then there's fewer discussion in general, and it is easier to go back and see previous discussions about that topic. Definitely. And if it's, if it's an informational channel, it's great to have a link to an yeah. FAQ document or a wiki or something where people can go and self-serve uh, their informational needs and hopefully relieve some of the burden of, of the questions that get asked. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, in project specific channels, I'll always put a link to like a project document or the requirements document. And from those places, people can find links to every other uh, relevant document around that project. And so that's always really useful too. So if, if someone gets you know referred to your channel because they're interested in your project, they hopefully know to look there and will be able to, again, self-serve and learn a lot of information that they probably came there to ask and not have to bother anyone. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, for your status as well, you can actually have, there's a plugin that you can use with Slack that will use your calendar uh, to, to update your status. So if you have meetings, keep your you know calendar up to date with all your meetings and everything, it will just mark you mark your status as in a meeting in Slack, which is really, really useful. Yeah, and I think they have plugins that will work with both, you know, Google Calendar as well as uh, Microsoft Outlook. Um, and then I, I know I've seen those integrations as well within Microsoft Teams. So it's really helpful if you don't need to, if you don't want to manually update your status. Uh, and you're comfortable with yep. people seeing your meetings all the time, it's a good way just to signal that you're busy. All right. Well, I think that's that's it for the uh, the tips and tricks that we have. And uh, apparently the rest of the world is as flummoxed as, as we are about... <laughs> no, flummoxed is not the right word. They could be flummoxed. <laughs> I'm flummoxed The rest of the it. world is uh, is having all the same issues that, that we're having. So at least we're all in this together. Yeah, and I know this is going to be a topic of discussion for many years to come, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some sort of cultural revolution against these types of uh, instant messaging services at some point, um, because at, on some level, they are a huge distraction, and I would argue they probably don't increase productivity, uh, even though they are good at spreading information. So hopefully everyone has learned a little something you can take one of these uh, tips or recommendations and improve how you organize Slack. Uh, maybe you are the person who's been at channeling uh, for a <laughs> while, and now you know exactly how much your coworkers really despise you. And if you do have tips for us and you'd like to share them, we, we do now have a Facebook page. It's what would you say you do here? Um, and we also have an Instagram at the product managers podcast. So if you have any tips and tricks that you'd like to share, let us know. That's all product land. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. And we will catch you next time. Hopefully not on Slack. I see what you did there. Goodbye. Ayanara. Uvasti. Dasvidonia. I may have just butchered Estonian. I don't know. Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao. Salut. Ooh, we're, we're doing really good. Adieu. <laughs> we did it. A bientôt. Auf Wiedersehen. No, I already said that one. Oh, I wasn't. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>